one thing that you can never have more of in this life. One thing you can have, you can get more money, you can get more, you know, men or women or, or fun or alcohol. You can get more of everything except one thing, and that's time. You'll never get more time back in your life. Mm. So when you understand the power of that, you know, some people make a million dollars an hour and some people make eight dollars an hour. So how do you how do you overcome those obstacles? It's because they value their time. They don't waste it. All right, all right, and welcome back to the Started Somewhere podcast. I'm your host, Ross Alex. This is episode number six. And joining us today, all the way from Columbus, Ohio, is Austin Rutherford. Now, I met Austin a few years ago over in Miami, Florida at the 10X Growth Con. And it was really awesome to see another entrepreneur out there crushing it in the real estate space. You see, Austin has went from valeting cars to making millions of dollars in real estate. And in this episode, he breaks down how he did it, why he did it, the ups, the downs, the challenges, and the hurdles that he's had to overcome. He also shares with us his game plan going forward in the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now today, my friends, I have a rock star entrepreneur joining us from Columbus, Ohio, and his name's Austin. Austin, welcome to the show, bro. What's up, my brother? Appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited. Hey, man. You know, we were just talking offline, bro. We actually linked up at the 10X Growth Con like four or five years ago. Yeah. Down in Miami. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been some time, man. But I'm sure that your business has grown exponentially and you've been up to some busy, busy things since then, man. So I can't wait to, you know, dive into what you're doing and, you know, what kind of things you've learned since then, you know, over the last couple of years. So uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, uh, can you just give us kind of like a brief intro? Yeah. Uh, uh, so tell me when to stop or I'll keep it kind of brief. But, you know, my name is Austin Rutherford uh, from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I was born here, went to school here. Uh, my dream was to be an NBA ball player. So I went to Phoenix, Arizona to play basketball at a JUCO out there a uh, year after I graduated high school. And uh, fell out of love with the game, um, started reading. Um, that's when I picked up the love for real estate. Came back to uh, Columbus and uh, bought my first duplex uh, that I still have today as a rental property uh, when I was 19 years old. And then flipped my first house when I was 21 years old. So that's kind of how I got started in the game. Boom. Wow. Okay. lot lot going on there. So you actually, <laughs> you went to school, uh, you Arizona State? No, no, no. It was just a JUCO out there. Nice. And you, you, you wanted to be an NBA player. That was the dream. That was I like all day it, heavy. man. I like it. But you said you lost love for the game. What happened? I don't know, man. It just got to the point like, you know, I, I, I did it all day, every day. You know, I'd work up, I get up, I work out, I go to school, I'd work out, I'd eat, I work out. And it just got to the point where like, I didn't even want to touch the rock anymore. Like I led the, I was the first or second in the team in every category, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, everything. So like mm. I was doing well. But it just, like, it got to the point where I just never wanted to touch the rock again. I don't know what it was. I think I just got burned out on it, honestly. Wow. Okay. Did you end up graduating the school out there? No. no. Oh, okay. So we got a dropout. <laughs> we got we got a dropout drop on our hands? All right. Well, <laughs> it's good, man. Uh, you know, and I, I'm meeting more and more entrepreneurs on this show that have dropped out. I dropped out, so now I don't feel so bad about me dropping out. Hey, that's the way it is now, bro. But, uh, yeah, what made you want to drop out? Uh, I mean, school was never it. Like I always had straight A's. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I got school. Um, but it just, it wasn't all that, you know, I promised my mother growing up, like, you know, I swore up and down, I get my college degree. She made me promise her, you know, go to school, get a degree, get a good job. Mm. And, uh, you know, I went to school out there, fell out of love with the game and fell in love with real estate. And, uh, I promised my mom, you know, I'd still get my degree. So I was going to school full time, taking 15 credit hours, and uh, I flipped my first house, made $103,000 net profit. I, continue, I continued going to school full time. I continued working my valet job. I flipped my second house, made $40,000 net profit. Continued to, well, I worked, at the time I was still working, I was still going to, to school. And uh, once I sold that one, made 150 grand before I was 22. And uh, I was like, Ma, you're never gonna see me graduate. <laughs> And oh like, man! <laughs> how did that? How did how did she react to that news? 
No, nah, she was cool with it. You know, she she knew I was in the real estate game. I showed her the checks. So I mean, there's nothing she could really say at that point. You know what I mean? Right. So, but it was it was just funny kind of how it all transpired. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, numbers don't lie, right? Uh, if you're doing something and it's working, and you enjoy doing it, yeah. You know, why not just go full throttle and go all in? Agreed, bro. Right? Yeah, there's no way. There's no reason to half-ass stuff like that. That doesn't yeah. get anybody. Bro. So how did you find out about real estate? Because you mentioned that you were, you were valeting cars. So you've had yep. jobs before. Um, yep. How did you find out about real estate? Yeah, so when I was out in uh, Arizona, like I said, I fell out of love with the game, but I always liked money. I always had hustles. I was shoveling driveways. I was cutting grass. I was making Buckeye necklaces. I was flipping candy at high school. So I always loved money. I always liked having money. Um, so I got a valet job when I was out there. And uh, so that was my my hustle while I finished school, uh, finished that semester um, to valet, uh, yeah, to valet, and just started reading a lot of books. I don't know why I started reading because I hate reading. I never read in in, in high school, um, but I read. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have a you have a library behind you. <laughs> <laughs> now I read. <laughs> Um, but picked up some books. And so first book I read was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm. And uh, that changed the game for me when I was 18 years old. And then I kept reading and I read something that said, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it said 90% of all people who filed a tax return with a million dollars or more on it had real estate in their portfolio. I said, well, shit, that's how I'm going to get rich. So mm. just fell in love with it, dove into it, bought, bought more books and just kept educating myself on, on real estate in general. Nice, man. You know, valeting cars is the one job I think that I would never succeed at. Like I, I, when I go to valet my car at restaurants or hotels or whatever, it's like, I always just look at those valet attendees like, wow, like major props to anybody that does it, you know, to put food on the table, but the, the back and forth, you know, and then in the cold. Forget rain it, bro. The, the rain, bro. forget it, bro. Forget <laughs> it. Especially when the lot is like far away. You, you guys yeah. run back and forth, back and forth, and people stiff you on tips and shit. And mm. damn, yeah, man. I feel it, bro. I know it. I know yeah. it all. So you, so you wanted to get out of that, of course. Yep. And uh, so you, you started reading, right? You, you mentioned Think and Grow Rich, super powerful, like one of the best books any entrepreneur could ever read. Um, yep. But what did it look like for you? Like, what was the gap like for you to start reading to learning about real estate, right? Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, the process kind of looked, again, just started reading. For whatever reason, started reading. And in Think and Grow Rich, they talk about journaling and becoming, like, knowing yourself. Mm. Um, so, at that same time, uh, I started journaling. So, we were living in a three-story condo. I went up to the rooftop um, every day and just went up there and journaled for, like, 30, 45, 60 minutes. And uh, all my friends, all my teammates was making fun of me, like, what's this clown doing, blah, blah, blah. I would just go up there and just think about myself, think about my, because I was lost, honestly, because like basketball was my life and I never wanted to see basketball again. So like I was lost, you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I, I turned to reading and I turned to journaling and I was up on the rooftop one day. Uh, again, I don't know why, but the next building over behind the backyard, I don't even know how many, but it was an apartment complex. It was like 10, 20, 30 units or something. Mm. And it just clicked. I was like, if all of them have to pay rent, who owns the building? Mm. So I started journaling all the numbers and everything. And I was like, real estate. So then I read later that week or something, I read the the fact about the millionaire or whatever. Right. And then I just fell in love just with it. I love the idea another. of residual, residual income, mm. you know, money that you comes in no matter what you do. That's what I fell in love with. Cash flow. So, right. Yeah, I like sure. it. You know, you said something there. I want to, I want to revisit. You said that, you know, you're, 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 basketball buddies were poking fun at you and you know whatnot and and i think a lot of entrepreneurs when they first get started they deal with that right like their immediate circle Absolutely. thinks that they're crazy uh yep. especially when it comes to like going out on fridays and saturdays i know i can relate to that like my friend started busting my chops and making fun of me and yep. calling me crazy and yep. whatnot so how did you deal with that like and how did that make you feel yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucks coming from some people because, um, like, you, you just wouldn't expect it. And especially, like, if you're younger, like, that stuff still gets to you. You know what I mean? Now I brush it off because, like, I already know what it is. But, like, back in the day, you don't know that. You know what I mean? 
Um, so it hurts, you know, you, you go to dark times, you know, you feel bad about yourself sometimes, but for me, I've always had like a bigger goal. I've always wanted more for something. Um, and I got no problem sacrificing stuff to, to get something that I desire. So it was, uh, it was weird at first, uh, but I got used to it. Um, so after that, like by the, when I decided I wanted to flip houses from the day I made that decision to the day I made money was a 16 month process. Um, 16 months of being dead broke, going to school full-time, working ballet full-time. And, uh, like I literally had my friends call me like, you, you good, bro? Like, why, why don't you ever come out? Why don't we ever see you no more? Like what's going on? Do you not like us? Yeah. And, uh, there's, there's tough times, bro. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we all go through the struggle. We all go through it's the late tough, nights. Man. We all go through the 4am, you know, working, but this yeah. is something you got. Yeah. I learned something really early on. And uh, it goes like, if you want to know who your real friends are, just start a business. <laughs> you know, and you get, you, people just drop out like flies. Right. Yeah. But yeah, man, yeah. I, I dig it, man. Um, you know, it's it's a tough period, you know, for anybody that's listening right now, that's just getting started. And uh, maybe you're already going through that. It's a tough period, but it won't last long. It won't last yeah. long. And there's a very high chance that the people that drop out or call you crazy or make fun of you will end up asking you how you did it when they or see for a you. Job. Yeah. Or for, or, for, <laughs> or for a job. Right. Uh, definitely, man. So so tell us about your first deal. Right. Because there's a lot of people that are just getting started in real estate. And that's the toughest part for them is. They yep. learn, they went to a seminar, they went to a boot camp, they read books, they watch YouTube videos, and they know how to do a deal. They just haven't actually done one yet. So what did your yep. first deal look like? So I kind of had two first deal. First one, I'm going to brush over real quick. It was a duplex that I bought as a rental property when I was 19 years old. My parents never let me spend a dime when I was growing up. So all the money I was hustling, I was saving. So I had $30,000 to my name as a 19-year-old kid. So I bought the duplex to cash flow off the MLS and it was hundred percent turnkey. And then my dad co-signed the loan for me. So just a lot of great things that happened throughout my life leading up to that, that led me to that deal. But my first deal that I flipped, which is what I count is my first deal. Um, you know, I, I bought into a mentorship program. And then from that point to the time I actually made a penny was a 16 month process. It was a grind. It was a struggle every single day. I was broke. I was working 70 hours a week by lane. It was bad. But I started sending out like direct mail. And I was only, mar people always say like, you know, I don't have money to market or whatever. That's cool. That's bullshit. Because I, I didn't have money to market. I was broke. But I'd spend, you know, two, three hundred dollars a week, whatever I had to, to you know, market for deals. Mm -hmm. And finally, somebody called me back off a direct mail campaign. And uh, went to look at the house, and what the it ended up being, it was a seventy thousand dollar purchase, a hundred and seventy thousand dollar construction budget, and a, a three seventy five ARV. Mm. So it was a massive deal. I was twenty one years old. I've never been in construction. I've never been in business. I've never had you know real estate background. Nothing. Um, I just leaned into people that were around me, and through Facebook and through going to networking events for those for the the, the ten month period before I bought that house. And uh, ended up raising the $240,000 from a private money lender. Um, I had a buddy of mine that I met at a meetup come and look at the house, make sure I wasn't crazy. And I actually knew the numbers um, and then hired a general contractor to help with the build and uh, stumbled my way through it. Learned a lot of lessons. Um, took six months from buy to sell. Um, but, you know, like I said, made $103,000 after that. So that biggest excuse I'm sure you hear, I don't have money or I don't have experience. Mm. It doesn't matter. So 21 years old, $103,000 profit. Yeah. Now, your average, you know, uneducated, wrong mindset individual, me at 21 years old, especially, gets 103K, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to blow it. <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I'm probably going to think I'm already a millionaire. I'm going to go out and blow it, you know, and uh, splurge. So what would you do, you know, with that 100K? I, I, it sounds crazy, but I literally did not spend a dime of it. I didn't even buy a pair of basketball. I didn't even buy a pair of sneakers. I didn't go on any trips, and I continued working ballet 70, 80 hours a week, and I continued going to school full-time, taking 15 credit hours, and worked my ass off for the next three months until I flipped my second house, which then I made $40,000 on it, and then I quit everything. No shit. Um, 103K, I, you're still valeting cars full-time and going yeah. to school. Yeah. Wow. Y'all hear that? Y'all, if, 
that's 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 uh that's dedication to the grind right there man i like for it sure. and what was the reason me. for like did you just feel like it wasn't enough or did you feel like you weren't ready yet you know because i get asked that question all the time it's like how do i know when to quit my job yeah um i mean it's 103k like i mean you can probably quit your job you know what i mean um but like for me i promised my mother i'd get my degree so mm -hmm. i stuck to that and when i sold that house i didn't have anything else in the pipeline so like it was kind of like fear fomo of like not having something else right. um so honestly i wish i would quit sooner because i know that three four month period where i continued to work like i, I could have been you know a year ahead of where i am today mm. um but yeah i just i just wanted something bigger and i was a little bit scared you know i just i just didn't know where the next deal was coming from mm. yeah a lot of uh a lot of new investors certainly certainly deal with that you know the uh the lack of the next project, especially if yeah. you're in an ultra hot market. Like, I don't know yeah. what the market's like where you're at, but down in Texas, you know, some deals, they only last a couple hours on the market or, you know, a wholesaler puts out a brand new deal. That deal's already gone in 20 minutes. So, yeah. you know, it's it's tough. And, and you said something that, that's really powerful that you started doing your own marketing, right? How important in real estate is it to do your own marketing? Massively. People, this is the biggest thing that I see people have struggled with. And we do not own real estate companies. We own marketing companies. Damn. Without leads, we don't have deals. Without deals, we don't make any money. So I get a lot of people say like, well, I'm going to start real estate, but I'm not going to spend any money until I make any money. You have to hit a, a, a needle in a haystack to be able to do that. Like every few people can do that but you have to market that is the key driver in this business to this day almost six years in i've never missed one week of marketing ever in my entire career really wow and what's your favorite marketing strategy right now uh right now it's probably cold calling so we do drag mail cold calling rbm sms and uh, social media okay so cold calling you guys are getting some good results right now in your area yeah, uh, we it's it's slowed down now because I feel like there's more and more and more people starting to cold call. Mm. Um, but I mean, we're still pulling deals from it. But everyone says direct mail's dying, but we're still getting deals from direct mail all the time. Dude, direct mail's where it's at, in my opinion. Like I, I have not found a better strategy, and even in my personal business, you know, I I buy a lot from wholesalers. Yeah. Because I just I, I'm a fix and flip guy myself, so. I kind of just like getting served deals. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I understand that, of course, to get the best deal, I have to market myself. And direct mail has never yeah. let me down. Like, ever. Uh, the other strategies, definitely powerful. Uh, but I mean, even in 2020, you know, direct mail is still very relevant. 100%. Sweet, man. So, um, how long have you been in the game now? You said six years, right? Yeah, like, kept going on six, like five and a half, something okay. like that. So, just like any entrepreneur, right? I'm sure you've had your ups and your downs. And sure. you know, being an entrepreneur is like a freaking roller coaster half the time, right? <laughs> it's like up down up down. We have our moments, uh we have our victories. Being that this is the started somewhere show, um you know, let's talk about that, man. What were what were some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face over the last 6 years? Yeah, no, great, great question. Um, everyone always talks about their successes, but they never talk about the struggle. Um, so the biggest thing that I've had issues with for the entire six years is contractors. Um, finding good, reliable contractors um, has been a pain in the butt for, for me. Um, so that's that's one thing. But throughout, as you go through this, your mindset's going to change. You're really going to find out yourself. You're going to find out who you really are. Um, and every time you break past that barrier, you look back like, why didn't I do that sooner? You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. And, and I mean, we, we fight it to this day. You, I, I'm sure you do as well. You know, you run into a roadblock, damn. But we know now we have to go through it and we just go through it versus, I don't know about you, but I used to like shelter from it and push it off a little bit. Um, but you just got to get through it. Um, and... I agree. I mean, the other thing is, is creating um, other streams of income. Like real estate is great, um, but like if it's slow for a month, you got to have other money coming in somehow. So that's mm -hmm. that's what I've been focusing on is, is getting other things going. Yeah, man, I agree uh, a thousand percent. I I read a quote the other day that said, 
the stresses in your life come from the things that you ignore. Yeah. And I mean, I could not agree more with that statement because a lot of times, more often than not, we put things off because we don't want to face them. Like we just want to close the door and just act like it doesn't exist because it causes us like anxiety or stress or depression, whatever it is. But that thing doesn't necessarily go away. Right. Yeah. It, it, it actually doesn't go. It's still there. So, yep. you know, what would you tell somebody that's been putting things off for a while and like, it's just bottling up and they they're scared to face that one thing, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you said it best. Like, it never disappears ever. Like, if you if you pay attention, something as simple like I'd be laying on the couch back when I was living with my parents, and like I'd be like, all right, I got to get up and do my chore. I got to get up and you know send this email, and I put it off for twenty seconds, and then my parents come home and they I get yelled at for you know not doing a chore or something. Right. And business. Especially like, oh crap, I got to send this email. No, nah, I don't want to send that. It's going to take too long. And then boom, they call you like, hey, I'm waiting on the email. What's going on? Every single time you push something off, it, it comes back around. And it only gets worse because you pushed it off. So it, it's just a, it's a muscle you have to train in your brain to just do it. You know what I mean? As soon as something comes to me now, like I just, I do it or I text myself to remind myself, but it's, it's something pertinent, pertinent. Um, you just got to do it. Like, it's that simple. You just got to do it. It's like the power of right now, right? Yeah. Like, my mentor used to beat me up all the time because I'd put things off. Like, say I forgot something in the car. I'd be like, oh, I'll get it later. He goes, no, you're going to yep. go get it now. I'd be like, all right, all right. Like, I'll go get it. You know? <laughs> but it, like, like you said, like, okay, business and getting some out of your car. The way that you do one of those is how you're going to do everything. It's mm -hmm. how your subconscious is going to think about all those things. So it's like every aspect of life, you have to like stay on top of it and you got to do things when they need done, when they come up. Boom. I dig it, man. So with that being said, you have 24 hours in the day, right? And as entrepreneurs, obviously there's no one to tell us what to do and when to do it. So yep. what, what does the average day like for Austin Rutherford? Yeah, no, great question. Uh, day's never the same, but that's for all of us. Um, so up to about five months ago, um, you know, I was still in the real estate business. I had an acquisitions team. I had a transaction coordination team, um, but I, I was helping manage the the, the rehabs. Mm. Um, I was moving the private money and I was dispoing, you know, our wholesale deals. Um, and then I hired a dispo girl um, that runs like majority of that. I still handle the private money, but she handles the contractor. She handles the dispo side. Um, so I like, I ended up with a lot of time and I would just sit in the office and I'd feel guilty for leaving the office, which doesn't make any sense. Um, so, you know, us as an entrepreneur, we just, we, we find more things to do. So now I'm focused on growing the education business. Mm. Um, and building, you know, I just dropped a podcast. Um, I just opened up a YouTube channel about a month, month and a half ago, um, posting on Instagram every day. I just hired a full-time videographer two weeks ago. Um, so now my day is, you know, stacked full of just pumping content and building brand. But I get up, work on myself from about 5.30 to about 8 or 8.30. Um, and then I work on, on the brand business, on the education business, you know, the, the rest of the day. Dude, yeah. I mean, you seem to have a really structured day. I mean, obviously, I follow you on Instagram. I always see you're up at 5 a.m. in your <laughs> home gym. You know, everyone else's gyms are closed right now. But <laughs> bro, I can't tell you how many messages I got. Like, bro, let me come through. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm seeing people buying like dumbbells on Craigslist and stuff, you know, just so they could work out. Because, you know, for the listeners out there, we are currently dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. And today yeah. is March 27th. So it's still very much active whenever you're yeah. listening to this. So everything's closed, right? Um. But yeah, I mean, you have a really structured day and I think that's awesome, man. I think that, you know, having structure and a routine as an entrepreneur is like one of the best ways to get to where you want to go results wise. So what, like what gets you up at 5 a.m., man? You know, like how do you kind of force yourself to, to do that, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a morning person. Um, so I, I, I struggle getting up in the morning. Um, you know, some days I sleep in, you know, what we call a spade a spade. But my goal is to be in the gym by 5.30, work out like 5.30 to 6.30, eat breakfast, um, do my affirmations, prayer, um, journal, and read. Um, so that's like my morning routine. Mm. But 
two things that get me up in the morning. Um, one is just knowing that I want to do something more. And every day that I don't get up early, I feel guilty and I'm mad at myself. And my day is just terrible because I feel like I'm chasing everything versus being proactive. Um, so one, just knowing like I have to get up to like get the goals that I want to get. Um, and two, I'm blessed. My girlfriend gets up early, so she she helps me out as well. Some, I'm sure some morning she has to throw some cold water on your face. <laughs> get the fuck up. Uh, but you know, man, uh, studying successful people, right? Eight-figure earners, nine-figure earners, you know, they're very disciplined people. Like, success yeah. loves when you're disciplined. Yeah. And that's tough for a lot of people. I mean, it's tough for me, right? And, and you know, it's just we're humans. So yeah. what are some tips for the people out there listening on how to become more disciplined with yourself? More disciplined with yourself. Uh, get in a routine. Um, you know, that, that'd be the first thing. Uh, figure out a routine. Like, it's like clockwork for me. I hit the gym. I shower. I prayer. I do my manifestation while I'm sitting in the shower. Um, I eat breakfast, I read, I journal, and then I get to work. So it's, it, I mean, it's it's the same thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Every day. Um, yeah, every single day. And I go to bed between 9 and 10 o'clock at night. Um, you know, instead of going out and kicking it with the homies till midnight, 1 o'clock. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, Saturday, we'll go out and party. But, like, Monday to Friday, like, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm zoned in because I have that routine. Um, so getting in a routine, getting in a routine is something. Um, that I definitely think is probably the biggest thing. Uh, but then just wanting more, you know what I mean? I, the thing I hate the most is when people talk about, all, you know, they want to make a million dollars. Making a million dollars is not easy. Like, you can't just like, poof, I made a million dollars. But once you make a million dollars, you can create millions because you understand the process of money. But people who talk about, yeah, I'm going to make a million this year, and they don't do anything to make a million dollars. Like, you have to put in the work to get there. So... Uh, it just irritates me, but yeah. getting a routine and then actually putting in the work to hit the goals that you want to hit. And if you don't even want to make fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars a year, like you don't got to work that hard. Yeah. But if you're trying to really create a life and make millions of dollars, like you got to put the time in in front of you. I couldn't agree more, man. That hits hard because a lot of people want the results, but they don't want to put in the work. They man, just don't. Bro. You know, they you just put don't. that old print. Yeah, <laughs> thousand thousand percent. Now, throughout your day, do you ever find yourself not knowing what to do next? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, I stay pretty busy. So, like, every Sunday, um, I plan my week. Mm. Uh, every Saturday, Sunday. So, I have, like, a, um, I don't know where it's at. But I have, like, a, a piece of paper that, like, breaks down what I want to do for myself, work on me, um, what I need to do every week, just, like, weekly things, like, work out, you know things that you do every week um then i have each business listed on the list and then it's like my top like five things for each business that i have to go through um so anytime like i finish and i i don't have anything to do i just go back to that list because i know i gotta get it all done by the end of the week Mm. so um usually that keeps me busy but i mean there's times where you know you run out of things to do yeah you know yeah Uh, a thousand percent well that's the thing about like real estate is real estate especially in the fix and flip business, it's typically not like a day-to-day business. Like at least my, like I'm big on systems, you know? Uh, So I'm big on having the right people do the things that I need done. And, you know, over the last six years, I've built up my company to have, uh, you know, it's an oiled machine. It runs without me being there every second, every minute of the day. And I'm sure you run your business similar, but that leaves us with a lot of time in the day. And I think, like, yep. for me personally, that's, like, the tough part is, like, okay, well, I got my rehabs going on. I, you know, I did the live stream. I did – I read a book. Like, okay, now what do I do? You know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like oh, – and that's where the leisure stuff comes in because I yeah. do believe that you're allowed to have leisure, you know? For sure. And, you got to enjoy uh, You got to enjoy, right? And I know, dude, like, looking at your Instagram, man – you're big on leisure sometimes, traveling <laughs> to all these different islands. You're in Mexico like every other week. Uh, so you enjoy traveling, huh? Absolutely, brother. Dude, Absolutely. Me too. What's the favorite, your favorite place you've ever been to? So top two is uh, Turks and Caicos. Um, it's gorgeous, but it's the most expensive place I've ever been to. 
Um, and second place is Puerto Vallarta. Um, it's the west coast of Mexico. Um, and it's, it's beach and jungle like 10 feet apart. Um, so beautiful and probably one of the least expensive places I've ever been to. So, Dude, so I was looking at the coronavirus stats the other day. And okay. Turks and Caicos is actually the last on the list for to active have- cases. Yeah. Like they're, I think they have one. <laughs> oh, we, out, we out the Turks and Caicos, dude. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, man. But stuff's getting crazy right now. You know, people are freaking out. And, you know, how is all of this stuff affecting you right now in your local area in Ohio? Yeah, so we're on a, a stay at home or stay safe order, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they shut down gyms and restaurants and bars and things like that. But I mean, I went out to the grocery store the other day, and I mean, there's hella people out just doing their thing. So mm. it's kind of about half in, half out. So, I mean, that is what it is. But as far as like business, um, you know, real estate slowed down a little bit because people are just kind of unsure of, of what's next. Um, but, you know, we're still doing real estate, still making money on it. Um, and then I think two major opportunities right now, one is stocks. We was talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning stuff trading um and two there's more people than ever before staring at this thing right here all day because they don't have to go into work they can work from home so everyone's on their phone all the time uh so getting in front of people being present putting out content putting out branding um has been what i've been focusing a lot on because i think this is the time to to really set yourself apart so real estate slowed down but you know, I'm taking, I'm, I'm trying to figure out other, um, you know, opportunities. I started an Amazon automation store too. No shit. Yeah. What are you selling? What? Uh, so I'm not selling it. I just hired somebody to manage it for me. Um, they take a piece of the profits, but okay. it's out of sight. What? So by Amazon automation, do you mean like selling products on Amazon? Yeah. So you hired yeah. somebody to sell products or correct? Yeah. So it's, hundred percent hands off and really I mean it takes a few months to build it but you know ideally eight to ten months in you're making six to ten grand a month net is this like buying an existing operation or like how do you get no, into doing that so it's an upfront fee I mean it's it's a nice chunk of change up front right um, and then they take, they take 35 percent of the profits so, but they, they run everything. They ship it for you. They order it for you. They, they do everything. Dude, we got to talk offline about that because um, getting getting into that side of e-commerce is something I'm definitely interested in. I've been taking yeah. a real, I mean, all, with all this time on my hands, I've been taking a look into like drop shipping and stuff like that. You know, uh, just another, what's that? So this is so much easier. Yeah, just to just to add to the stream, right? Because I I believe what you said earlier, having multiple streams of income, like it's just essential, man. Like you gotta have multiple flows. You gotta because what if one what if one bucket tanks? Yeah. You know, and you put all your eggs in that basket, and now you're left with nothing. And and I think that there's like a discrepancy. Like a lot of people think that. If you have multiple streams of income or multiple businesses that you're not all in on the one that you started with first, but that's just not no. true, right? What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, can you run multiple businesses successfully and be all in on each of them? Absolutely. I, I don't think you can start eight different businesses from nothing mm-hmm. from day one because then you got way too much going on. But if you build a business and systematize it, like you said earlier, and put the people in place and then build another business and do the same thing and then build another business and do the same thing, like I'm sure you still, you know, touch base with your team once a week, once every two weeks or something to get an update. Of course. So like, yeah, so you're not not in the business. You just have people that used to do your day to day tasks. Um, so you, you go you go from job to entrepreneur to entrepreneur. And then the entrepreneur stage is where, you know, you're kind of out of sight on, on the business, but it still runs, you still touch base, and it gives you time to build other businesses. Boom. There it is. If I had a, I'm, I'm working on getting a gong. Like, uh, uh, you know, these shows out here, they have you a gong or Bradley drops a bomb. I need something, <laughs> man. I need something. But definitely a golden nugget right there, man. Um, 
So let, let's talk about the stocks, right? Because we talked offline right before the show, and, and this is something that's brand new for you. Yep. Uh, why are you taking a look into stocks right now? It's where the money's at. You know, I've never invested in stocks in my entire life. Um, I've never been a fan of it. But as an entrepreneur, when you see a deal, you make something happen. So I've been like, again, doing the work, which we talked about earlier. Like I've, I've been up till 2 a.m. watching stock videos of how to short a stock and how to go long on a stock and how to do an option on a stock. And I educated myself on it. And then I dumped a lot of money into it and just started making, started doing it mm. uh, because I think you can make money in it. Now I'm trying to prove that we can make money in it. Yeah. yeah just uh, like you said, man, just be educated because uh, 2017 Ross Alex, stupid idiot, <laughs> lost a fucking lot of money in the market. <laughs> a lot of money. Dude, I got, I told this story, so I'm not. I mean, I'm not embarrassed by it anymore, but, dude, I got shredded bad. How bad? R- bad. Like, uh, six-figure six bad. Bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, that hurts. Yeah, oh, my goodness, dude. Looking back on it, it's like I could laugh about it now, but so <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't understand technical analysis, right? Because back yeah. a couple years ago, I got really big into cryptocurrency. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of money to be made in crypto. But yeah. crypto and just like stocks, man, it, you know, unless you're doing like blue chip stocks and I'm no expert, but like the volatility, the volatile stocks in cryptos require you to understand technical analysis. Gotcha. Right? So if you're just buying something because you see something's going up, usually you're buying in way too late and when you <laughs> buy, it's going to start coming down. And yeah. you're going to see your portfolio start to shred pounds. So yeah. I didn't understand technical analysis and I was always late to the game. So the, the saying is buy the rumor, sell the news. Well, yeah. by the time I was buying, people were selling. So it was just like, in, you know, a, a fucking bad experience for me. But I still trade to this day. Like I enjoy trading. But, yeah. you know, anybody out there, like, just like, there, there's no such thing as a get-rich-overnight deal. Like, even in yeah. the stocks, unless you're, like, the luckiest person in the freaking world, and you find out that to buy something, and then the next day it's going to go up, you know, 10,000%. Like, yeah. you have to learn and know what you're doing before you do it. And especially if you're investing money into doing it. Like... No, because even if you do it, if you take a look at Bitcoin, like everyone always talks about like the first round of people that bought Bitcoin when they were buying for like a penny and then they made millions. It took years for Bitcoin to like really take off, take yeah. off, you know, so it was it still wasn't like an overnight success for them. But, um, but yeah, but you, you said something really good there. You lost a ton of money, but you still do it to today. Right. Yeah. That's the lesson everybody can take away. Like, I, I see a lot of people get into business and lose money, a little bit of money, and chalk it up and be like, or a little bit of time and be like, oh, screw that. That doesn't work. Yeah, it's true, bro. Definitely. Uh, and, and we just talked about that. Me, I had another guest on the show um, a couple days ago, and we talked about, you know, quitting too early, right, in the three feet from gold story and, and just – you know, if it doesn't work right away and you just throw in the towel and get pissed and say, oh, this doesn't work. It's a scam, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like one of the, it's tough for me to see people have to go through that, you know, because yeah. if they only knew that you have to stay the course and, you know, you will get those results. But yeah, I mean, dude, you can make a lot of money in the stock market. I mean, that's not a secret. That's definitely yeah. not a secret. But, you know, it's it's really, it's it's refreshing to hear that you're watching YouTube videos, you're learning, you're studying, and this is coming from somebody that's already successful. So for the listeners out there, that's the big, big takeaway, right? Education never stops, never stops. 100%. So 100%. it doesn't let, start until after school. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they need to re- revamp the freaking school system, man, and the stuff that they teach in there, right? I still haven't used the Pythagorean theorem in my career. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting every day. I'm waiting. I don't even know how to do it. 
But uh, man, let's let's talk about that, man. Let's talk about that. So for somebody out there that wants to try something new for the first time, yep. how important is is training, is learning, is hiring a coach, is you know getting around the right people? Oh, bro, extremely important. Like I spent probably. I don't know, $140,000 last year on my continuing education, on mentors, going to masterminds, meeting people. Mm. Um, education never stops, ever. Once you know it all, you're done. You're screwed. It's the end of the game for you. So I believe in education. I believe in coaches. I believe in masterminds wholeheartedly. You know, day one, if you want to struggle and make it through and do a deal or two, you can do that off of YouTube. Go on to YouTube, Google whatever business you're trying to get into. First of all, all education is on freaking YouTube or Google, everything you want to know. But to scale it and to make real money, why not just copy somebody who's already doing it? Like copy and paste. It's the simplest thing in the world. People think like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Why the fuck not? <laughs> copy it. <laughs> you feel me? Like I'm trying to cheat some mess. <laughs> Dude, that is so true, man. It's like you can literally take the blueprint like it already exists. And, and people are selling like it. the blueprint, like here. Yeah. Why not do that? Well, so let's talk about coaching, right? Because you said you spent, you know, a, a nice, a nice penny on on coaching and, and and boot camps and masterminds. Do you believe in hiring a coach for accountability purposes, or is it to teach you something new, or like what does that look like for you? So I think there's two different types of coaches, mentors, whatever you want to call them. I think there's coaches that are like in your field that, you know, can tell you how to send a piece of drag mail, can tell you how to cold call, can tell you how to acquire properties over the phone. For me, it's real estate. Like there's coaches that teach real estate or whatever business you're in. And then there's mentors that just teach life and business. Mm. So for me, I have one of each. I have multiple of each. Mm. Um, but the ones that just teach life and business are the ones that push you mentally to get past something. Like I didn't start posting on, you, you, you follow me on Instagram, mm -hmm. social media, all day, every day. I was never posting on social media until my coach forced me to post on multiple, uh, social media. And now I make a lot of money from posting on social media. Mm. I never got to the coaching and uh, consulting business until my mentor forced me to get into the consulting business. And now I'm starting to make a lot of money doing it. Mm. So, Two different levels of coaches. One coach to grow your business, but then when the business is grown, you need a mentor that can help you with business in general. Mm. So, what does it what does it mean for you to coach other people? Like, why why do that? You know, no, great, great question. You know, all, everyone always says like, why are you giving away all the secrets? You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but to me, it's not competition. But the more I share, the more I give, the more I teach, the more that comes back to me. So like, we do free meetups in Columbus every month where we just, you know, teach a whole subject top to bottom. And people literally like, bro, why aren't you charging for this? Because it's free. You know what I mean? But I've done deals with people in that room. I've coached people in that room. I've lent money to people in that room. So the more you give, the more you get. And the reason that you teach people, um, coach, or if somebody pays you, one, when you pay, you pay attention. So I'm sure you know this, but the most frustrating thing in the world is when someone comes to you for help and you like give them your soul and they don't do anything and they do nothing. It's, it, 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 it pisses me off. Mm -hmm. So when people pay, they pay attention. And when they pay, you pay more attention. Because if I take somebody's money, I know I have to deliver. I'm paying attention. I'm not distracted. So, yeah. dude, that that that's awesome, man. I've never I've never heard that before, and I, I like that. I'm gonna write that one down. When you pay, you pay attention. That's good. Absolutely. That's solid. On, bro, man. On, on both sides, bro. Yeah. On both sides. Of course. So I, I actually, it's funny we're talking about this right now. I, in in my coaching, I don't do much coaching now nowadays, but. I did a whole bunch back back in the day, and one of my policies was if you don't do what I tell you to do, you get kicked out of the program. Like, harsh. Harsh. And, and, like, there's no refund because I'm not going to waste my time showing up every week, every call to have you show up and you, you didn't do any assignments, you didn't do any marketing, you didn't do any negotiation. Like, I mean, it's tough, but, I mean, that's why I feel people hire coaches is – Coaches keep you hold you accountable, right? And they keep you in check, yeah, yeah. and they're there to give you that kick in the butt. And coaching doesn't always 
come off nice, right? Like if you want somebody yeah. to be nice to you and your coach is always telling you like unicorns and rainbows and everything's all great, like, well, you probably just have the wrong coach because yeah. you need somebody to just be real and be raw with you. And if you're fucking up, you need somebody to tell you you're fucking up, you know? Agreed. 100%. So, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome, man. And, and another thing, bro, on that subject, like, the most successful people in the world have coaches. So I always get frustrated when people say, oh, well, I'm making money already. I don't need a coach. Well, so are some of the most successful <laughs> business owners in the world. Uh, bro, they have coaches, right? Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, they're all in masterminds. They all have coaches, spiritual coaches, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. Everybody somebody like for the people out there making hundreds of millions and they're hiring billionaires right to learn how to make their first bill uh yeah coaches uh coaches are definitely a very very important factor uh to success now i want to switch gears here and and talk about work-life balance right because a lot of people i get this question all the time as well I want to work. I want to hustle, right? I watched a couple Gary V videos and he's saying, you know, head to the concrete, just grind, 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 you know, but I like to do things like watch Netflix and I like to go out to restaurants and go travel and stuff like that. So what is that? What does work-life balance look like for you? I mean, first, there's really no such thing. You know, you hear that all the time. There's no, you know, six hours of work and six hours of family time. Like, I just, that doesn't exist. Some days you can do it for sure, but it doesn't exist across the board. Um, But for me, you know, we already hit on it earlier. I believe you have to enjoy the fruits of your labor because when you do enjoy it, you get a nice watch, you go on a trip, you get a nice car. It reminds you of why you're hustling so hard Mm. and it pushes you. So I believe uh, with you 100%, you have to do those things. Um, But you want to create a business that you can do those things from anywhere. You know what I mean? If you have, if if you're a, um, a coach and the only way that you coach is in person at your office, sitting behind the desk with your client across the desk from you, like you limit yourself a lot. Like you have to be there. You gotta be present. I don't wanna do that. You know, I wanna, I wanna work from this, from anywhere in the world. Mm. Um, so I think you can have more of a work-life balance if you make things virtual and be able to run um, anywhere. So that's one thing. Um, and second thing, it, fuck, I had a second thing. Um, uh, I, I it's all good. To... We'll, we'll leave the second thing for part two. But <laughs> let me ask you this, Austin: on on a on a on a day to day basis, oh, no. I, you I, got I, it. I remember. Okay, okay. I remember um, so there's 24 hours in a day, right? A lot of people work 10 hours, but they only work three of those hours because they're checking their phone, they're talking to their friend, they're going to the bathroom, they're getting lunch. So when you can shrink down your productivity, you can have more of a work-life balance because you're working when you're working and you're kicking it when you're kicking it. So I think that's another huge thing is to actually be productive and not just be working. Mm. Boom. On a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, yearly basis, right, year after year, since you've been in your business, do you feel fulfilled? Um. Yes and no. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to to grow and and do what I'm doing, uh, but I always want more. So uh, it, it's a yes and no question. It's a two part. Am I satisfied? No. Mm-hmm. Am I am I fulfilled? Yeah. But like for me, I get the most fulfillment when I give back and help others. So like we adopt families every Christmas. We do back to school book bag giveaways every summer. So mm-hmm. like I. Uh, and I, I get fulfillment out of that. I love doing that. A simple thank you goes, uh, you know, so far. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I get fulfillment out of that and coaching people. I get a text message like, yo, I just got my first $20,000 deal. Like that brings me happiness. You of know course. what I mean? Actually changing people's lives. So I guess I'm fulfilled for the most part, but I'm not, I'm not satisfied. Does the lack of satisfaction frustrate you? Um, no, I like it. I like the challenge. I like the struggle. I like the hustle. Uh, you know, I'm always trying to make more. I'm trying to do more. You like the chase. Yeah. You like the drive. Yeah. I, do. I dig it. You got to enjoy it along the way. Mm. 
You have to enjoy it. Uh, there's like a two sides of the whole like do what you're passionate about argument. You know, one side says don't do what you're passionate about. Do what makes you money so that you can use the money to do what you're passionate about. And then the yeah. other side says, well, start a business that you're passionate about and like, you know, that whole argument. So where, where do you fall on, on that spectrum? Um, it's hard to do stuff without money. It's very difficult. Like if your passion is, is helping, you know, kids that have been abducted, it's hard to really make an impact. So like you have to save yourself first. I see a lot of people helping too many people and they never really help them. Like if you can save one kid a year, like that's, that's great. Number one, that's phenomenal that you even want to do that. But is that really changing the world? I don't think it is. You know what I mean? It's changing that kid's life, but I don't think it's changing the world. But if you can go out there and make a company that you make a million dollars on, $10 million on, $100 million on, and then you can save 10,000 kids a year, that's changing the world. Mm. So I think you have to save yourself, make money, and then put it into your passion. Right. It's like the uh, the airplane example. You got to put your mask on first for the person yep. next to you so that you yep. can help that person. Yeah, I, to- I, I agree, man. I definitely agree. For me, real estate has never been passion for me, honestly. Like, I- I've done it hundreds of times, but I don't feel emotional towards a house. You know, I yeah. buy it. I want to fucking sell it and make <laughs> money, you know? For me, just like you, man, it's helping people, right? Like, putting messages out there. Because when, when, when we help people, bro, I mean, just like you said, that's, that's all ultimate fulfillment. You know, Absolutely. knowing that we we were able to impact somebody's life and make For them sure. a better person. So I, I agree with I you a hundred percent. And 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 also to be blunt, some passions don't fucking pay. They just don't pay. You know, like getting a degree in <laughs> philosophy in university is probably not going to pay that no. well. I mean, it might, but <laughs> probably not. You know, so uh, you definitely, well, well, yeah. You can you can go build a business. For one, two, three, four, five years of your life that mm-hmm. produced real income, mm-hmm. multiple six, multiple seven figures, systematize it, and then go do whatever the fuck you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you got your whole uh, whole life out of you. It's never too late to get started. Never too Agreed. late, right? I, I read an article not long ago about somebody that went to medical school at like age 50 and uh, graduated and practicing medicine in, in their 60s. You know, it's never too late. Love it. Um, all right, we're gonna switch gears up again here and talk about some of your favorite books. Like, what which books would you really recommend? I know for those of you that are watching on video, you see Austin has a whole library behind him. <laughs> uh, for the audio listeners, go check out the, the, the YouTube video. But uh, yeah, what are some of your favorite books back there, man? Yeah, I mean, th- Think and Grow Rich, number one. You know, that's that's what changed my life. It just made me understand the, the opportunity that's out there for everybody you know, rich small black white yellow pink whatever it is everybody's got the same opportunity um so love that book for sure um there's a relentlessness by uh, uh grover grover tim grover um he was uh, michael jordan's coach um, that's a really good book just about grit and, and putting in the work um and then how to how to win friends and influence people um and then there's a new one how to win friends and influence people um of the digital age or something or the digital age um, is that's the world that we live in now. It's a social media world. It's a digital world um, that, that I actually read that like a month ago. Um, I got a lot of value out of that too. So uh, those will be the, the top three that come to my head. I like it, man. So y'all write those down and uh, check them out. If you haven't already going forward, right. Talking about the finish line now, next five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. What's next for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I I have so I plan a year ahead, and then I have like the the end goal. Um, so the end goal um, is to have multiple businesses generating ten million net per year, um, and then me just traveling the world, hanging out with the fam, and, and seeing the world. Um, so that's the end goal. Um, but you know, obviously, we got to create the businesses to generate ten million dollars a year net. Um, so I mean, this year we got you know the real estate company that's got a goal. We got a rental company that's got a goal. We got the education company that's got a goal. Um, so that, that's what we're focused on right now. I like it, man. Now, um, you're all over social media, right? People uh, are definitely going to want to follow you. 
And I also yep. know that you're an author as well, right? We got to talk that's about that. My favorite books. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude, we got to talk about that, man. So, I, I I definitely admire the fact that you wrote a book, man. Like to me, that's fucking that's amazing, dude. That's amazing. Uh, it's called From Valet to Millionaire. Is that yes, right? Sir. Okay. Yep. I need to get my copy, by the way. I don't. I don't have a. I, I, I'm gonna admit right now, I don't have a copy. So I'm gonna okay. order one after after this live stream. <laughs> um, but. Let's talk about the book, the inspiration, the process, you know, did you just type it out, write it out? How long did it take you? You know, give me the details. For sure. Uh, so again, my mentor pushed me to write a book. So having a coach or a mentor is huge. They just push you outside of your comfort zone. Um, but like everybody I've heard write a book, they talk about how hard it is and how long it takes and all these things that just make writing a book just not seem fun. Um, so for me, I put like a, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but like a plan of the book, like chapters. Um, oh, that, that would be to... the, uh, hang on, 10th grade English. No, maybe 5th so grade English. <laughs> the fucking, not the Venn diagram. <laughs> what, what is that called? The fucking, the outline, the outline, the outline, outline. Yep. Okay. So the outline together, so I wrote the chapters, then I put the outline together, and then I put the stories that I wanted to tell in each chapter. Um, so I, you want the real story. So I flew to Anguilla, um, which is an island in the middle of the Caribbean, to write this book and to put together a course on how to raise private money. So on the flight to Anguilla, that was, a, I don't know, four or five hours, I did the entire outline. And then the first, I went for 45 days. Um, I went to Anguilla and St. Martin and St. Bart's for 45 days. And uh, in the first 10 days, I wrote the entire book. So I woke up in the morning. I wrote the book for like 30 to 60 minutes, just type, 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 type. Um, and then in the evening, same thing, about an hour. So 10 days, knocked the whole book out. Mm. Um, sent it to an editor. Um, they edited it. I sent it to a, uh, I hired somebody on Fiverr to create a, a, a book cover and then put it on Amazon and they print them for you. So oh. people try to complicate this whole process, but like doing the work, you just got to lock in and do the work. That's so it, from like, I probably had, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks total. Into, it took longer than that. Cause you know, you got to wait, but two to three weeks of actual like book process. Yeah. That, dude, that's amazing, man. Um, I'm actually, I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And that's because I just started kicking myself in the ass. I'm like, I need to put this book out. But, you know, it starts with the idea, right? Like you want to do something, you need to map it out, plan it, and just take action on it. Like it's, I love what you said there. It's not as difficult as you think it is. It's just not, yeah. right? And the yeah. same goes for buying real estate. Like real estate is everywhere. You know, for those yeah. of you that want to buy real estate, drive around your local area. If you see a house that looks like it's distressed, maybe a boarded up window, maybe some tall grass, write that address down, find out who owns that property, contact them. Half the stuff is free. You can skip trace these people online for free. You know, it's Facebook, not as baby. difficult. Yeah. Facebook. There you go. You know, yeah. reach out. Everyone's on Facebook. So um, I, I like that, man. Uh, so you got the book. Where, where can they pick that up? You said Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon, or you can go to austinrutherfordofficial.com, austinrutherfordofficial.com, okay. and it's on. And we'll link that in the show notes as well as your socials, uh, your Instagram, your Facebook. What is there like a preference on where people should reach out to you? Uh, Instagram, for sure. Austin Rutherford Official is, is the Instagram tag as well. Boom. So I'm on, I'm on there all the time. And then you got the podcast, right? You got the podcast uh, on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Okay. Just dropped a podcast. It's called Elevate Your Life. Uh, so just one episode out. Second episode's dropping on Monday, and then uh, then I got the YouTube channel. We started about a month ago, and that's uh, that's just Austin Rutherford. Everywhere, omnipresent. I like Trying it. To be. I like it, man. <laughs> I like it. All right, brother. So we're gonna we're gonna hit you with the last question here, and I ask every guest this question. I want you to take a a minute or. 30 seconds, however long it takes you to, to really think about the answer here. And the question is, in your entire life, what is the best advice that you've ever received? Yeah, I, I want to hear what other people say. So you don't have to let me know what they say. For sure. uh, but for me, 
Um, one thing that kind of ties everything back together for me um, is that the one thing that you can never have more of in this life, one thing you can have, you can get more money, you can get more, you know, men or women or, or fun or alcohol, you can get more of everything except one thing, and that's time. You'll never get more time back in your life. Mm. So when you understand the power of that, you know, some people make a million dollars an hour and some people make eight dollars an hour so how do you how do you overcome those obstacles it's because they value their time they don't waste it they get up in the morning they don't sit there and text for three hours and, and scroll through instagram and go out and kick it with their homies you know five hours a day they value their time and they use it wisely and spend it with the people that they want to spend it with so that's always been something for, for me. That's a that's a that's a boom moment right there. Golden nugget. I love Gotta it. Get the gong. Gotta get the <laughs> gong. I'm probably add some effects. Can't buy you know, time's not for sale, right? Uh, no. I agree with that, man. That's some really, really powerful advice right there. Now, with that being said, Austin, uh, I want to thank you so much for being a guest uh, here on the Started Somewhere podcast, man. It's been amazing. So much value, so much insight, and I can't wait to see what's next for you in the coming years, man. Of course, we're going to stay connected, and, uh, you know, it's been awesome, man. Thank you. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate right. the opportunity, my man. See you next time, man. All right, all right. Now, that wraps up episode number six of the Started Somewhere podcast. Did you get value from that? I told you, Austin was going to bring the heat. Guy has an amazing, amazing story, and it's really, really inspiring to see, you know, a fellow entrepreneur out there grinding it out, focused on his dreams, focused on his goals. Now, for those of you that did make it all the way to the end here, I would really, really appreciate it if you could drop us some feedback, whatever platform you're watching this. Maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's iTunes, maybe it's Spotify. Drop us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. And of course... We're going to keep the content rolling. New episodes dropping all the time, so subscribe to the show. And can't wait to see you in the next episode. For now, take care. See you later.